Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your first order. That's builtbar.com, promo code Locked On, $10 off your first order. Now, this is, of course, Miller Thomas you're listening to. Graduated from Cronkite, the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. A few weeks ago now, I'm in need of a job, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. That's millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, <clears throat> I want to start off uh, this week's show and episode just addressing the the state of the nation, pretty much the what we are going through right now as a country and just just where we are as a country, pretty much. But uh, but first, as always, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of eighteen and forty-four, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locks on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, on today's show, uh, I did want to address and talk about uh, what's going on in our country right now. Now, it's... It's pretty obvious what's going on right now. I think we can we all know what's going on. We we saw what happened. I think we've all seen the video. That that video of George Floyd, the black African American man losing his life. And we all know it's time for a change. We all know things in this country haven't been perfect. We all know this country has been built on the backs of slaves and and racism and for for years for generations now we've been we've been trying to fight it we've been trying to figure out as you know black community as other minorities even you know other caucasians and white people who are on the same wavelength and agree with the same sentiments or are morally upright they 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 saw it they knew police brutality and other things of injustices and racism was going on in this country. And those groups of people, black, white, who were against injustice, have been trying to fight it for years now. Uh, we, we've seen, we've seen, you know, you go back to slavery, slaves, rebellions. You see people escaping slavery. You move ahead, you know, you move ahead post-slavery, but still deeply ingrained racism in society you see lynchings in the street you see other acts of injustice and we saw different political parties form like the black panther party we saw leaders like malcolm x and martin luther king step up uh during post-slavery when segregation was still a big deal we had different leaders with different styles of how to combat these social injustices we saw Martin Luther King with more of a 
laid back style, but still effective. I I don't think laid back is the right word, but more of a I guess a peaceful style of just using words and silence and those forms of expression to to let the message out. You know, protests in the streets, boycotting things like that, demonstrations that weren't uh, violent. I would say, and then Malcolm X wasn't one who was aggressively going after people but he was one that believed in self-defense and fighting back with force he wasn't out there violently going after uh white people and people he believed were against injustices but he believed in standing up for yourself and it's okay to to punch back if you're being punched at and now we're at this point today where we see george floyd we saw what happened on camera and it, it took protests. It took about a day of protests and social media uh, backlash for the for that one officer to be charged. And he's in custody now. And that hasn't been enough yet. We A lot of people still want to see the other officers in this charged and handcuffed as well. And we, we see these protests going our, uh, off around the country. We see Black Lives Matters. We see other protest groups all fighting for justice for justice and for George Floyd. And we're just in a time, we're just in a point right now where we're just at this boiling point in America where we feel like we're more divided than ever. And it all started, I guess, back when our president took over and that's when the country really started to feel divided politically, uh, morally. It feels like the country really started to go out from there back in 2016. Now, you fast forward to 2020. You have the start of 2020, Kobe's death. You got the bombing in the Middle East. You got the pandemic. You're cooped up in months, uh, cooped up inside for months. And you have unemployment rising. And then you got this. It's all just been a big cocktail of anger and resentment and sadness all mixed together. And now we see it all boiling over with George Floyd being the straw that broke the camel's back. And people have had enough. They, A lot of people, you know, with the president, the president, I don't want to make this a political issue, but it feels like I've never seen, I mean, <laughs> I'm only 22 years old, so... Obama has shaped pretty much, I mean, I had George Bush growing up. I was really too young to understand politics at the time. So Obama is really a guy who shaped my view and perspective on how I see a president and how I think a president should be. And I feel like when Trump took over office, we just saw such a political divide between people. And it wasn't like, yes, there were people who were against Obama, and it felt like a lot of those people had other agendas, and it felt like a lot of them were subtly, I don't even know subtly racist, but a lot of them were closet racist, and a lot of them, when Obama became president, uh, seemed to finally come out the closet. But there was still, uh, it still felt like, okay, I can understand if you don't like Obama for his policies and other things like that. I can, I can see and understand why someone doesn't like Obama for political reasons. But it feels like with Trump, there's a moralistic uh reason or underlying with Trump. It feels almost black and white with Trump. And not I'm not talking about race. I'm terms of I'm talking just in terms of whether you support him or not. It feels black or white in terms of 
how you feel about human beings morally. It felt always like if you're against, if if you were with Trump, you were against minorities and the culture and and people of color and and the things that people go through on a daily basis that people are privileged or not privy to. And if you were against Trump, it felt like you were almost anti-white. Or if you were against Trump, you felt like people who were supportive of Trump, not even that you were, not even people who were against Trump were anti-white, but you felt like people who supported Trump were anti-black or just anti-minority. So I don't think there's ever been a bigger divide in terms of who we've had as a as a president. I feel like he's divided people more than just politically. I think we've had presidents who've divided us politically, but we're still able to stay together as a nation. I feel like supporting President Trump or not supporting him is a divide morally, and I think that's where we stand today. Right now we're at a crossroads where you're either standing up for justice or you're not. And... I'm a person, if you've seen my videos on Instagram, if you know who I am, I'm a minority. I'm a person of color. But I am, I'm a light-skinned person. I'm a light-skinned male. And I can say, in my life, I've never really experienced any racism, uh, any racism or any injustices to me. I can say I've never, from my eyeballs, can say I've never been in a situation where I felt fearful of losing my life because of the color of my skin. I've never felt uncomfortable in a situation because of the color of my skin. But I am, my mom is African-American. She's a little bit darker than me. My dad, he is uh, a Caucasian male. And he is, he's white. (laughs) That's what he is. So when they had me, I'm pretty light-skinned and that's not the same for all of my family members. I have cousins, I have uncles. They are very dark skinned. They're a lot darker than me. And I know they've gone they they have experienced personal injustice in they in their life. I know they've been profiled by the police. I know they've had situations where they walk into a store and they feel like they're being stared at because of the color of their skin. That's something I can't resonate personally with myself. Because that's not something I've experienced, but it's still something that hits close to home because it's people who are in my life, people who share the same blood and DNA that I do that have gone through this. And I have friends who are darker than me who have gone through this and they've spoke about this and I've spoke about this stuff with them. And I don't try to act like even being a person of color, even being a black person, I don't even try to act like I fully understand the black experience because I know I haven't. I grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in the suburbs. I was surrounded by white people. White people really shape my perspective and my point of views on life. And I've always been around white people. So I guess I feel like I've always been accepted into that community if you know, a lot of my family comes from Brooklyn, so they're always around black people. They're always surrounded by people of the same color of their skin. So they, the integration between my family in Brooklyn with white people and then me and my, you know, integration, just my daily uh, crossings with black people, it's just not the same. I definitely, growing up in New Jersey, had 
a lot more white friends than I did black friends just because there there wasn't a ton of black people around. And I was friends with a lot of the black people, but there wasn't a ton of black people around. As when we juxtapose with people in my family who lived in Brooklyn, it's vice versa. They, there's not a lot of white people around them. And I think that's one of the issues that we have in this country. I think it's hard for people to believe that there's injustices and to believe into it's hard for people to understand the other side because I still don't think we have enough integration in this country. Uh, so many black people are still on the outskirts of this country on the coast. They're still in cities and lower income areas. And then you see a lot of white people. Uh, they're just throughout the country. Of course, white people in the majority, 75% of the country is 75% of the population is white. Just think about that. So you got so many people in middle America. They, they just never experienced black people. They've never dealt with black people, never crossed paths with black people. And so they just don't understand the black experience. But I think something fundamental that we can all understand is just basic human equality of what is right and wrong. You don't have to deal with black people. You don't have to be in the black experience, uh, black experience to know police injustice is wrong, police brutality is wrong, and just social injustice is wrong. We've seen countless things over the years of police brutality from Trayvon Martin to, to Eric Garner to what we just saw with George Floyd. The list goes on and on. And I, I just don't know as a country what steps, what solutions there are. Right now, we see protests all over the country, and I think that's good. I think we should be protesting. I think we should be doing things like boycotting, not spending our money in places that we think are anti-black or anti-social justice. You guys know what places those are. We can look into those things. And I think we should just be supporting more minority things and doing things that we know will make a change. I, I don't believe all this looting and violence is for the justice for George Floyd cause. I think a lot of this looting and violence is from anarchists. Uh, some people believe other conspiracies like uh, planted police or white supremacists. I don't know what to believe. But I don't believe all these people who are advocating for Black Lives Matter are out here looting and, you know, vandalizing the streets. I think, I feel this message of fighting for justice is being hijacked by a different agenda for people who are just, they just want to see the city burn and they just want to steal for personal gain. And I think we're losing the message over this last week. We see so much violence ramping up. And I, that's not what I want to see. I don't want to see more people of color and people not of color get hurt just because of other, I don't want to see people get hurt because of other people and their agenda and how they're sidetracking what the bigger message is. And that's police brutality and just justice overall. The, we in this country for too long have tried to ignore racial injustices and tried to just move it past and not really talk about it enough. We have too much in our history books where we, yes, we have we, too much in our history books. We just focus on the, the white experience, I guess, and we just focus on that, and we don't really delve into how integral other races have been in part of this country. Yes, we have a whole month dedicated to black people, wow, but, and then we even have a month for Hispanic heritage, but it, it shouldn't be a month-to-month -month where these 
two groups of races get this, and then every other month is focused on white people. We know white people were the majority, but history books have been rewritten so many times to show the perspective of what they want you to see. Uh, I mean, I'm one who still finds it hard to believe how Christopher Columbus discovered a nation where that was already inhabited. I mean, we saw people get brought over here on ships, be sold into slavery, and lose all their human rights. Black people were considered three-fifths of a man at one point in human history. Let me tell you guys about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bars are not just candy bars. They taste like candy bars, but they're actually protein bars. And they come in 16 amazing flavors. Eight with chocolate and nuts. Eight without chocolate. Or eight with chocolate, but no nuts, in case you have allergies. Because all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. And get this, the what, the reason I love Built Bars, because they're great for the health-conscious guy like me, who wants to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We thought human evolution would take us to a place where by 2020, this wouldn't be it. We, we all have smartphones now. We all can see the social injustices, but still, what, what more has to be done? And this, George Floyd is not the first murder, not the first person to be on camera and to be killed by police on camera. You go back to 1991 with Rodney King, and he was brutally beaten by police. If you guys never seen the Rodney King video, go watch it. It's about eight minutes and just 10 police officers just brutally beating Rodney King, a black man, in the streets of L.A. And thankfully, someone was able to record it from their balcony apartment, I believe, and, and put this out on blast. Otherwise, nothing would have happened. Rodney King suffered permanent brain damage, skull fractures, broken bones, missing teeth, kidney failure. The man was beaten in the streets, and I believe the cops still got off with nothing. And we saw the L.A. riots. We saw the streets of L.A. being burnt to the ground. And you would think, 1991, do you know how far 1991 is <laughs> from now? Uh, I think it's, I think people think the 90s are still around the corner. 1991, this time next year, will be 30 years from now. Just think about that. 30 years before 1991 was the 60s, where we still had massive racism. And, you know... People still thinking they're not worth anything in America. And we thought by the 90s, things would be better. And they were a little bit. But we still had things like Rodney King going on. You fast forward another 30 years, you would think things like Rodney King wouldn't happen again. But here we are. We're still here. And I, I just don't know what we can do anymore in this country. I, I don't know. We see the protests. I am a full supporter of that. don't like the violence. But I'm so fully supportive of the protests. I just don't know what we can do as a country to get to get to a point where we where there's just no more no more social injustice. I don't know if that can actually happen. I think racism is just so rooted in America and it's not even just rooted in America. I think it's just a belief that 
It's just one of those things where it sounds crazy to say, but some people are just born racist. And I do, I actually do believe that. There are people who are born with a good heart and believe all people are created equal. And there are also people who are just born. They see the color of their skin. They see a person who has the opposite color of their skin. They say, you know what? That person is just beneath me because they don't look like me. And just as simple as that, sometimes it's as simple as there's not tradition. It's not a person coming from a household or a racist household where it's been instilled in them. It could just be a person who was just born, and that's just what they believe. That's just something they morally felt from the day they were born, that they were just inherently better than someone else. That could be ego-driven, narcissism. But I think... I don't know how we get past racism and social injustice. Maybe police brutality, you know, better training. I don't know. Better way, better checks and balances system to rule out the cops. I mean, apparently that guy who murdered George Floyd in the streets had like 12 to 18 prior complaints or something. Like, why couldn't something be done before we got to the point where we saw George Floyd's murder on camera? And we're just in a point country now where it just seems like you need to stand up and make a choice you need to either fight for justice and fight for you know if you're a white person stand with your brothers and sisters of of color you know stand with minorities and you have to really try to empathize and understand the black experience i know that it's hard to do that when you've never walked a mile in their shoes but there is google there is research you can do and you you know what else you can do besides google Go talk to some black people. Go talk to minorities who've lived in this country and are tired of the way they feel, uh, tired of the way they've been treated their whole life and just how they feel. Go see, go talk to them and see how they do. I think once we have a better understanding and of where everyone comes from, you know what? Maybe we should go talk to racist people and see why they are racist and just have an open dialogue and just try to get to an understanding with everyone and just try to get to a place where... People can move past racism, move past the color of their skin, because at the end of the day, pe people just want to peacefully live together. Who, who cares about what you look like? Who cares? Who, who even cares? You know what? Who even really cares if you don't like me because of the color of my skin? At least let me know that. Don't be in the closet. I'd rather you come out and tell me that. This way you can work through it. You know what? Maybe we have to be separated. Maybe we have to be segregated if racism is that strong to you and you really feel like you can't, you know, be next to someone who looks different than you. But at least let us know that. If, you're, if there are people out there who are just racist and don't want to be changed or swayed, fine. Just let us know and you could go do, go live in your own society and we won't bring minorities or anywhere into that uh, little bubble that you have. But for everyone else, we want to live in this country peacefully and we want to live together. I'm not going to start quoting Martin Luther King because that's just too cliche. Uh, there's so many more powerful black people in American history, and we always seem to be taught the same ones. You know, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X. We need to do a broader deep dive into black American history and other minorities who have shaped this country and have fought for social injustice for years now because we're still fighting that battle. It's still uphill battle. You see, you turn on your TV, you turn on the news right now. You see it all in the streets. And the real question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to sit on your phone and just complain about, man, I hate these protests. I hate to see this violence. Are you going to be one of these people that say, hey, don't, don't, 
Don't kneel during the na- national anthem. Don't be disrespectful to our flag. You're going to say, hey, why are you kneeling? Why are you protesting? I don't like to see this violence. I don't like to see the looting. But why is it going on? Are the reasons justified? And look into it. Understand where these people are coming from, okay? D- don't think that just because nothing has ever happened to you in this country that this country is just somehow morally on this high ground. I'm. Don't tell me how great America is when you've never been in a where you've never felt like the country was against you, where you've never felt fearful, fearful of going outside, where you've never felt fearful of being pulled over by American citizens who are, are supposedly supposed who are supposedly trying to protect you, but you feel like you have to keep your hands up. You have to feel like you have to tell the officer whatever motion or action you're about to do because any slight movement could be the end of your life. You tell me when you feel like you've experienced that as a non-minority. And then I will tell you how great America is because there's a lot of people in this country who don't believe America is great. That's why so many people were against Make America Great Again because they want to know when was America great? When was it great for people of color, for minorities, for people who weren't white? When is a period of history where minorities saw a spike in wealth, a, a, a spike in education. And obviously, we're, we're trying to move better. We're, we're of course, finally, black people can go to school. You know, we're, we're not slaves anymore. We can go get our education. But you see what people of color have to go through as opposed to people non of color. Black people are starting off in low-income areas. They don't have the resources. Educational services are not as strong. They don't have the technology and always support and access to, to better things. They don't, they don't have those programs that they can... They don't have programs that focus on STEM. And so many black people feel like... I, I remember Obama said this quote. Not all our children can aspire to be LeBron James or Lil Wayne. And that's how so many black people feel in this country. They feel like the only way to get out of poverty and to get out of the situation they're in is to, is to go into sports or to become a rapper. And I think the first step into, at least for the black community, into feeling like you're on the same page or at least not feeling like you're on the same page, but at least for to help support the black community and put them on equal playing ground, I think the first thing that we need to start doing for the black community, for people of color, is giving them those resources so they don't have to work twice as hard just to get themselves in the same position as someone of non-color, of someone who is white, so they don't have to feel like, I have to work twice as hard just to get a place of stability, a place, just an entry-level place to work myself up into wealth. Black people too many times feel like if they don't know how to dribble a basketball, throw a football, or rhyme some lyrics together, then they're worth nothing. Too many black people don't see educational as a real way to get out of the situation they're in. And that's because a lot of times that's just how they're taught. That's just how they're brought up. A lot of times the streets are just, when you're in that society, the, the streets just sometimes feel like the only way out. Sometimes it feels like education won't be there for you. It feels like the cops and other programs are in place around you that are supposedly there to protect you or support you really aren't there for you. They're just there 
for people who don't look like you and you feel like you have to do things like sell drugs or other things that are illegal, but you say, hey, there's just no other way for me to get out. I need to put food on my table. I need to I need to make money, and I'm just in a situation where there's not bigger opportunity for more financial stability in my area. And I think so many of that just starts with the resources that we provide people of color, the communities that we put them in. And I think if the first start to stopping social injustice is making sure that we're all on equal playing grounds to make sure the people who are in the hiring process are people who are not racist as well, people who don't see people of color as a thing. I mean, Black Panther, think about this. We talk about Black Panther. We love it because of black owned, uh, black, predominantly black movie, but I don't think we understand like the craziness. We've had BET movies and, you know, predominantly black movies before, but Black Panther was the first high the first box office success successful film with a, a cast that's primarily black. The first time a movie that we the, just think about how we in the entertainment industry didn't even think a black, a predominantly black movie could do well or have box office uh, success. We actually thought in things like entertainment, movies, television, that you can't have success if you just put a bunch of black people on screen. Just think about that ideology. We thought it would be better. We would make more money. It would be better uh, success. It would be better money. It would be better just viewing pleasure. It would relate better to the audience. If we had 10, pe- 10 people who are white on screen and just had a token black guy in there to, to just reach out for diversity. People really didn't think uh, all black cats would come together and make a movie and it'd be a box office success. And... Black Panther proved that wrong. Crazy Rich Asians, a predominant, a predominantly Asian movie, proved that wrong. I think we're just at a point where we're saying, hey, guess what? Not everything has to be fully white. Not everything has to be entirely white. We're, move, we're finally starting to move a place of more acceptance, more diversity. And we're still not there yet. Still such an uphill climbing battle. And right now in America, we're just at a crossroads with all these protests. We're, we're at a point where it's time to stand up and it's time to decide what side of history you want to be on. Do you want to be the side of injustice and police brutality and racism, or do you want to be on the side of doing what's right and standing with people of color? Even though you haven't experienced what they've experienced, you know you know what's right and wrong. You know what's uh, morally what's right and wrong. You know equality should be at the forefront of everything, and that's what you want to see. So. It's time to make a choice. Who are you going to stand with? Are you going to stand with what's right? Are you going to stand with what's wrong? Right now in America, it's time to decide, and hopefully you're on the right side of history. Thank you, everyone, who tuned in to this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. No, we didn't talk about any Diamondbacks news, but I thought this was just a really important discussion to have, uh, discussion to have, sorry for the long rant and diatribe that I went on, but please go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com and go play the newest edition of the LOCKEDON MLB podcast so you guys stay up to date with anything pertaining to baseball. Sorry, I got the hiccups right now. I don't know why I guess that rant gave me the hiccups. But hope everyone is staying inside, staying healthy, and, you know, just standing up for what's right with what's going on in our country. Stay safe, everyone. Peace!